Welcome to Taking the P, Episode 6, Conversations About Life, Health and Overcoming the Challenges We Face on Our Individual Journeys. This time I speak to Patty Bevilacqua about multiple sclerosis. In September 1989, Patty started her dream job teaching high school physical education. However, five months later, before the end of her first year of teaching, she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Ten years later, she left the only job she ever wanted to do due to worsening symptoms of MS. In 2001, Patty went back to university to pursue graduate studies at the University of Toronto. Her ultimate professional goal was to teach and supervise others keen to enter the same profession. In 2005, she graduated with a PhD in teacher development. Her research focused on the impact of chronic illness on teacher identity. However, she never secured a tenure position as a teacher educator and went on long-term disability in 2007. 14 years later, she discovered her life with MS was far richer when she focused on living each day as her best self. We chat about the impact of chronic illness on our lives and the changes required to shift our focus away from the struggles of dealing with a life-changing condition to the wonder of being in the moment and just enjoying life in all its fullness. So sit back and get ready, because here we go. Hi, Patty. It's really great to meet you. Um, so you're going to tell me a bit of your story today and, and uh, you've got MS and you're going to give us a, a, a kind of overview of your life and what's uh, been going on and your journey so far. Yes. Hi, Alex. Um, and thank you for this opportunity. I appreciate it. It's been a wild ride. I wanted to be a physical education teacher mm-hmm. since I could remember and I landed the perfect job. And before the end of my first year of teaching, I was diagnosed with MS. And I managed to teach PE for another five years. And it's my best five years of teaching, hands down. How, how old are you when you were diagnosed? 23. So that's quite young to be diagnosed, I assume, with MS. Yeah. Is that quite early? Yes. Okay. Um, it's getting younger now, and I think it's because um, techniques and science is enabling them to do more than when I was diagnosed or people who are much older mm. than me went years mm. and years. Yeah, so after teaching PE, I returned to teaching after a one-year leave of absence, but I went back to another school to teach social studies, and it didn't take me long to realize that Uh, my heart was not there and teaching was not fun anymore. So I left. I left teaching altogether. I went back to school to the University of Toronto and I earned a PhD. And uh, my plan was if I can't teach high school students, I'm going to teach others who want to become as great of a PE (laughs) teacher as I was. (laughs) So I graduated and landed a job in a private Mm. college Upper New York State. 
that I would have done it for free. It was so awesome. And it was only a one-year position. So I decided I would, you know what? I'm going to apply to all these jobs all over Canada and the U.S. I'm going to fly in for interviews to all these great cities. That's what I'm going to do for the next 10 years. Well, all was okay until the fifth phone call. You didn't get the job. We're sorry. And that stopped. So for the next 14 years, it was ugly. And I tried to find my way. One day, just being still and thinking about my life, I was focusing on the past. I had to let that go. And I had to think about the moment and the future. By changing my mindset, my life is far richer. And so what I say to people, Alex, is in the beginning, MS stood for multiple sclerosis. And I was a good person and I liked myself. Today, MS stands for mindset shift. I'm a fantastic person and I love who I am because I live with MS. And if I can share or plant that seed to anyone else, my job is done. So when you were looking for these positions in that 10 years, what exactly happened? You just, you were flying around. Yeah, I would apply, you know, online and I would get a telephone interview followed by uh, you're shortlisted for the job. Would you be able to fly to Denver? Would you be able to fly to Toronto? Yes. So I'd get there. Alec, I walked with a limp. Nobody ever said to me, why do you limp? I can't prove it, but I I just wonder sometimes, you know? It feels like there's a kind of a slight undertone here already of this person's got something that's wrong with them and we're going to sort of be cautious. Yes, and we don't want to then take on the responsibility for medical and long-term disability. And you know what? I get Mm. it. And I didn't know how well I was going to be five years down the road, 10 years down the road. But you know what? Majority of the time I taught in the college in New York, I was sitting in a chair because my legs just weren't strong enough to stand up all the time. I was extremely successful. So it is what it is. You know, it was painful and it hurt and I felt Mm. numb. I felt like a bird that flew into a window Mm. pane. You know, I was just out of it. Something inside me said, there is something more to life, Patty. You just have to figure it out. It took a while, but they did. Do you think it would be the same now? Do you think people face the same kind of uh, issues finding employment now? I do, especially, you know, with things that are going on in our world lately. Mental Mm -hmm. health rising in numbers and severity. There is no minor mental health issue or major it's a mental health issue and it's individual, you know, where are we going to be in three years? You know, I, I run into nurses all the time and they're going to walk away. Once it settles down, they're done. That's a whole other chat. You open another can of worms. Absolutely. One day I made a list and the question I asked myself is what was going on in that moment when I was happy and Mm -hmm. fulfilled and felt, you know, I was doing something. All of them had to do with people. I went with that. 
So what kind of people do I, I engage with that I love to engage with? I love working with senior citizens. I love working with animals. But I kept coming back to I love working with women who have MS. In Canada, out of every four people diagnosed with MS, three of them are women. So I took, I found something on the internet about a free 14-day challenge to create a Facebook community, and I did it. I love it. You know, I keep hearing about, oh, what's your engagement like? And you know what? I don't need the likes and the mm. comments. I get a comment elsewhere saying, I may not say anything, but I read everything you put in there, right? That makes me smile. So I'm going with that. I have a few irons in the fire, Alex, <laughs> but I I want to spread this mission, this message all over. And it applies to any health, emotional, it's just far reaching. I know MS best. I'm pretty confident to say mindset is probably applicable to a lot of areas of our life right does anyone else engage with you then is it or is it just ms sufferers at the moment right now it's just ms sufferers i have uh, a couple of gentlemen in there who are caregivers for their wife who has ms i have a couple of women in there who are also caregivers of somebody with ms I am not a medical doctor. Everything is based on my experience or, you know, checking out sources and take this with a grain of salt. You know, I'm not going to start any other group. You know, I want to maintain my connection with this group. I'm 55. I wish I would have kind of figured this out (laughs) 10 years later. But my friend said, you weren't ready. And she's right. You know, I wasn't ready to do this. I'm not interested in becoming a workaholic. If I could offer some kind of services to women with MS, you know, I'd be happy about that. I would like to create a movement. If anything, I want to create a movement. It's so important to share your journey and just to let people know that they're not alone and I think with Facebook nowadays you've got that opportunity haven't you the way that you speak and the way that your sort of demeanor is it's very encouraging and you're sort of got an excellent attitude and I know that you're talking about mindset shift so obviously you have to position yourself don't you in order to come into that place and I've seen some of your little short videos of I've had this sort of issue today but I managed to get up and one of the sort of fascinating things about it because again it's it's not a well-known I know that the people know the name of MS but they don't particularly know what it involves and and how it impacts people's lives when you say like moving a millimeter it's still a millimeter there's almost like a quote in there saying i managed to move one percent and that one percent is better than giving up or zero absolutely don't give yourself a hard time when you've got a chronic condition so i'm the same in a lot of ways is i try and do some exercise and i'm finding it hard because i'm obviously getting iller as i get my condition progresses and you give yourself a hard time oh I can't do this and I can't do what I used to be able to do and then you kind of get on a big downer on yourself there are probably lots of your friends out there on Facebook who are sort of on such a downer because all they see is the the kind of decline or their bad day actually that's not what we need to focus on no so where I live we have lots of snow (laughs) and we have two Labrador retrievers and we walk them every day. About a week ago, I asked Paul if he would take me to the trail and we'll walk. When I got to the trailhead, it was a narrow path and I walked with walking poles, but my base is pretty wide. But 
I was going to yeah. do it. So I got to the end of the trail, great. Coming back, I fell downhill and I rolled. I have to get back up to the trail. It takes everything I have. I get there and I have to sit and rest. No word of a lie, Alec. Paul helped me stand up. I went to grab my poles and I fell <laughs> again, right? The second time of doing this, I'm I'm sobbing, I'm crying, I'm not hurt. I just say to myself, Patty, what what were you thinking? Like this is not new to you. Every time you move, you lose your balance. Like, Patty, what were you thinking? So it's almost like I'm more upset at yeah. me. Fast forward later to that day, I couldn't stop laughing <laughs> because down below are a bunch of houses and i'm positive somebody who saw this and they must have thought paul threw me off the cliff or something right like they must have watched and said what the hell is going on there you know at the moment in time i experience a range of emotions but after the fact when i'm sitting in front of the wood stove and i realize you know what i was out there i made it up the hill twice Sometimes I think I see the good in too many things, but you know what? It works for me. It's being in the moment, yeah. isn't it? I know that's an awful thing to say in it a is. kind of, it sounds so um, contrived, doesn't it? When you say say that in some ways, if you're going through something, but when you said there, just sitting in front of the, the wood stove, uh, drink a hot drink, you know, it's that kind of moment, isn't it? Exactly. And then before that, okay, it was a bit of a all over the place and you're probably arms and legs all over the place. And then you got to sit down and you, you had that sort of time to reflect. And rather than getting on a downer, you were, you were able yes. to laugh about it. Yeah. And you know, Paul kind of leaned over and I was probably an arm length away. I said, I can do mm -hmm. it, right? I can do it. So I did it. And Paul kept calling me saying, you are so stubborn. <laughs> Later that day, while we were just kind of kicking back, I said, you know what? Stubborn is a compliment. Mm -hmm. And I want you to know that had I taken your hand, I would have whipped you off the hill and you would have had to grow up. <laughs> so it is what it is, right? Our lives are so different and interconnected. You know, I'm grateful every day that MS has been kind mm -hmm. to me. I use a metaphor that MS rents the basement suite in my house he's very messy and his rent is always late but if i don't raise issues or rile at him or kick him out he'll hopefully he'll play well you know hopefully he'll and so i'll go with it having a condition are you the condition or are you you so how do you define yourself mm -hmm. because i think one of the very sad things that that happens in society yes. like when you talked about rejection from a job interview then that's my label yes. poor old patty you know she's got ms yes. pat her on the back yeah. sit her in a wheelchair you know the kind of you know give up <laughs> i hear you absolutely i hear you totally when i'm sitting down you would never you would never ever know right and if i get up and walk i occasionally have heard somebody say she right and you know what I, I do and I don't know why that it doesn't bother me but it's just like is it important is it important for you to have said that to this other person responsible for ourselves right you know my dad would say all the time you know you are so stubborn and I I told both him and my mom I know exactly where I got it from and they're sitting right here in front of me you are no different than who I am you know my mom wants to argue all the time and cry and I'm like suck it up but it 
cup, <laughs> right? You could do this. So yeah, it's it's an interesting journey. The parallels between people's situations exist, mm -hmm. but there are a lot of differences. When it comes down to it, I guess we each have to find our own way. There are lots of resources out there to help us start that process, but there is no guidebook. Mm -hmm. There's no manual for people with MS, with kidney disease, with mm -hmm. chronic heart failure, mm -hmm. yeah. right? They, the doctor doesn't give it up to you and say, read this and you'll be fine. So I guess we have to figure it out on our own mm -hmm. and be wary of forks in the road. Don't rush it. It's life, I guess, as we know it. I'm a bit naive about MS. So what kind of treatments mm -hmm. do you receive? Are there medications that you're given? Or again, because you're, you're saying there's going to be different pathways to different people so i know what i take i take i have yes. to take medication because it gives me yes. high blood pressure various other side effects so there's there's kind of other things they kind yes. of tweak it and fiddle about with the medication so it's not one size fits right. all but is there anything like something that would be a treatment for ms the medications that are available for mm -hmm. people with ms are called disease modification therapies okay. so it's really based on the person's right. symptoms that they're experiencing fatigue is very mm -hmm. common the treatment that a may get fatigue might be different than person B. I have not taken any prescription drugs or medicine. I was very fortunate to have a teaching assistant my first year of teaching and she became my best friend. And after I was diagnosed, she said, I'm gonna spend the entire month of July up at the university library and I'm gonna come up with a plan. She came up with diet suggestions and a vitamin mineral supplement protocol that I have not wavered from for 30 wow. years. So I, you know, when I went and saw my neurologist, he said, you know, you're a candidate for the injection every two days. And I said, yeah, that's great, but I'm not, I'm not doing it. And I'm not doing it because I'm being successful with what mm. I am. I go to a chiropractor. I've had acupuncture. I had a woman drum over me. And I think it's because I'm so open, right? I'm very willing and it's helped me tremendously. So there's stuff out there and there's, you know, there used to be a time where bee stings were helping people with MS and then they, they'd get stung by a hundred bees, right. you know, and then that kind of weighed off. Okay. And then last year or two years ago was the doctor from Italy who wanted to unblock the carotids. People spent hundreds of thousands of dollars around the world. Right. Some did okay, some it didn't matter. Do you think it's a lot of quacks out there? I don't know if it's quacks, but <laughs> like the B1, I think is a quack. I, I wouldn't have done that even if it proved to be 95% accurate. I, I, I'm not sure of being stung you know. by bees is much fun. No kidding, you know? And there have been, you know, a few of these things, you know, crystals mm. and stand on your head and drink a cup of water or some, whatever the case may be. I, I don't look for anything mm. else. I am in a good place. Mm. And so why rock the boat, right? So, you know, you're getting on with your life. If you've got a bad day, what do you do? <laughs> That's a great question. I really work hard, Alex, at listening to my mm. body. My best time of the day are the mornings early 
early afternoon. And so I'll book my appointments there and I'll do my grocery shopping then. You know, I'll walk the dogs then. But on the days when I'm having a hard time getting out of bed and I know it's fatigue related, I just don't push. I used to all the time. You can do it. You can do it. In the end, it was not very good. So listening to my body on a bad day is the smart thing to do. So if you do feel like you're kind of stuck in that place, what would you do? I mean, I'd get bored if I was stuck in bed, and I'm sure you do. What's the kind of thing that you like to divert yourself with? I've become an avid internet searcher (laughs) for mindless stuff. (laughs) Um, Podcasts. I like listening Mm -hmm. to podcasts. I've never been a social reader. I've always had a purpose. Uh, a book will serve a purpose for me. And I find when I'm I'm reading a, a novel or a book for leisure, I have to reread the first paragraph 10 times because my mind is always somewhere else. But I'm trying. You know, I, I continue to try. I like to crochet, um, and that's easy peasy. Just to be... And that's extremely difficult for me. that's really hard. To be still. You know, when people say that, you know, well, be be still and be present in the moment. You know, I'm in bed and I'm thinking, how much more present can I be? (laughs) Can I be, right? Like, I know what's happening and I know what I have to do. Like, I've never been hospitalized. Prednisone is a common three-day treatment, a high dosage Mm. through Mm. IV. I've had it twice. The first time was I lost feeling in exactly half my face and it came back. The second time I was having trouble with strength and balance and stuff. I've improved, but not enough that, you know, I was hoping for, but still appreciative that, you know, I did get some benefit from it. What is prednisone? Sorry, asking a dumb question. Yes, it's a corticosteroid. It's used for people with lupus. So it's a, it works on strictly inflammation, which what it, MS is, it's caused by inflammation in the body. And so you don't stay on it long-term because it's very hard on your organs. I think three days at a high dosage is a way to kind of whack, whack your immune system and, and you know, just kind of give it a jump start, like as if your battery was dead in your mm. car. I personally don't know anybody who had been on prednisone for long, a long period of time. I have a friend who has lupus, and she was on it for a very, very long time and had complications because of that for whatever reason. So the inflammation, is that caused by a, an immune response in your body? Yeah, it is. And so MS affects the brain and uh, spinal cord. It's a disease of the central nervous system. And where the inflammation is, plaque will build up around the nerve as a way to um, maybe protect the nerve a bit, but it actually works opposite. So I have an idea. I want to take a couple of steps to the door. So I'll say it in my brain, and all of a sudden it'll get to a place where there's plaque, and the impulse will either not go through or it's very, very, very delayed. And the more lesions on the brain or plaque buildup on your uh, nerves, the more severe your MS is. And they use an MRI to detect that. Yeah, that's kind of it in a nutshell. An easy way to think of it. I just always recognize, you know, like there's some kind of blockage. Mm. And so it's either going to be slower 
or it's not going to happen at all. I have a lot of lesions in my brain and uh, depression is actually a symptom of MS. It's not a poor me depression. And so I've been on antidepressants probably 25 years. I'm a happy person, and but if I don't take them, it's a different kind of hitting bottom going into that dark hole because it's not about the choices I'm making or asking for help, right? And that was a hard thing to learn. First couple of years, I tried to wean myself off of the antidepressants. And then eventually just realized if taking two little blue pills every morning enables me to be who I want to be, I'll do it. Like you're saying, that's a different kind of depression. That's not just suicidal kind of yes. extreme. When people get to an extreme right. point, it's actually, is it, I mean, I describe it as like, maybe like there's a blanket over you and you're kind of constantly got this thing that is just pressing down on you, but you can't explain it in the rational sense because it doesn't match who you feel you are or what you think you are. You know, you're not like looking in the mirror right. going, oh, I want to die. You're actually just, it feels like you've got this thing going on, but it's interfering so it's not caused by you actually suffering with depression in the way that but it's a symptom of the ms exactly and in the beginning alex i would say i was probably more the other way because when i found out i read and Mm. researched and just digested as much as i could right and unpredictability and and uncertainty were very hard for me to accept And so I was going to be a PE teacher until I retired, right? And then all of a sudden, and my identity was as a PE teacher that I was lost. And so the depression was less lesions and more, oh my God, what am I going to do now? Yeah, so initially you were stuck in that place of, I, I feel... There's a similar when I was diagnosed, although my father was had this is an inherited condition I've got. So my father had it that I was a student. I was I think I was about 19 when I got diagnosed and it was just like a sledgehammer. This is almost like felt like a death sentence at that point, although it's taken me. So now I'm 46. So it's taken sort of till this point in time till I'm needing kidney transplant so i've had that sort of 26 years of building up to it yes so but it's like that kind of um thing of like my life's over right at that point because you you know that something's coming down the line or you know you've got to face something and when you're young it's it's almost like it's just too much and you just like i don't want to deal with this and i've had enough (laughs) before it's even happened yeah exactly and we are humans and we tend to wander and think about things that we don't really know anything about it but it's human nature i think to go to that place and i have a cousin she's my mom and her mom are sisters we live growing up maybe an hour and a half away from each other five years after i was diagnosed with ms she was diagnosed with ms and there's two schools of thought environmental or genetics and people would say oh wow obviously genetics right two sisters their kids alex she's adopted (laughs) so not the same so is it more environmental we both were born and raised in a mining community right chemicals possibly chemicals then right well they're there have been films, aren't there, sure. like Aaron Brockovich about sort of stuff that's that's yes. out there, and there's these companies don't don't Absolutely. want you to know what's floating around, do they? Exactly. Yeah. Very, very much. So you know, my 
art palette is full of so much stuff and my portrait material is there on the easel and uh no it just it happens moment by moment day by day i never know what it's going to look like what the colors are going to be are they going to be vibrant and lovely or are they going to be a bunch of browns grays and blacks i don't know and it took me a long time to get to where i'm going to say this to you it really doesn't matter anymore it doesn't matter anymore but it took me 30 years to get here. So if I can help anybody do it with more ease or um, in a shorter amount of time. I think I feel the same. And I think a lot of people of Absolutely. a certain age feel the same that there's like, if I had 10 years, if I went back 10 years and knew what I know now 10 years ago, and it's yeah, it would be right? different, but maybe it wouldn't. So yes. it's a kind of uh, an interesting kind of thing to think about. But if you can bring some of that experience and share it like in we're doing now then hopefully someone who is a bit younger who maybe is thinking i don't know what to do and just uh, actually go you know what you got it make the best of what you've got yeah you can't necessarily change no. your lot but you can no make the right? most of the lot that you've got <laughs> there were five girls in it that i graduated with and we were very close and cindy's mom was a teacher and she said to us you know what you girls should do is eat write a question you'll answer them all we'll put them somewhere and we won't bring them out for like 20 years right well you know what we thought of as a 17 year old girl with just finishing school and now the world is here you know it, it was interesting you know there were a couple that wanted to get married and have mm -hmm. kids and you know did that route you know i was a free spirit i i really didn't I knew I wanted to be a PE teacher, but I didn't know what that looked like, really. Mm -hmm. Life is interesting. Mm -hmm. And as you know, every day you learn something new about you and your condition and how you're going to make sense of it. I think as long as that continues to help happen, you're moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm at least you're not going backwards yeah. and uh, forward is is a good thing the mental side of it is just so important it keeps coming back doesn't it into the conversation of the attitude isn't it and yeah. one of the funny things well it it's is. not funny but one of the quotes that i always think of is the worst thing that ever happened to me never happened to me because it was all in my imagination so the things that i think are going to be terrible the situations it. that i'm going into yes. that i think are going to be so awful ne they never are because the emotional yeah. side of it let's just you know we get taken over by our emotions oh this is going to be terrible this is going to be awful but it's actually not like that at all you are you are very very right that's an important piece of the whole puzzle of life mm. right and even more so when you are facing a challenging situation that affects your health and how important we are as people you, you're encouraging me in my thoughts here as well of reminding me to say that we are valid and we're important people and just because you've got something wrong yeah. with you it doesn't mean that you can't contribute and what you're saying is just so powerful you're bringing out the best in me by by doing it so i can see again i'm advertising the amazing patty because being an advocate to someone is a powerful thing yes so while you were saying that um, so I'm thinking, and you have a daughter. I've got four children. Right? You've <laughs> yeah. got four children, even better. Modeling, enjoying every day for what it is. That's huge, right? Yeah. That's huge. I don't have any children, and I never wanted any children. And, you know, I found ways to do it some way else. But it's important to me, just like it is. I'm, 
positive for you mm. as well, for your kids to see, hear, feel mm. the authentic dad, yeah. right? That is a hard one because when you are in a place of depression, it's very difficult because there are some times I've had to deal with physically, I'm not well now. But I have been mentally ill in the past. So I'm a bit of a mixed bag. So I'm I'm kind of empathizing with all of the experiences you're talking about because it's this kind of thing of life if you could go back to a certain point in time and tell yourself because when we had our second child I was quite mentally ill as in suffering with depression and I just remember the difficulty of that the thing that kept me going was my wife and my children you know my children because I loved them and they gave me a reason to live and that's what you've right. got, you know, what I was given or what I was blessed with yes. is my responsibility yes. to bring those children up and to bless yes. them in, in being me and their father and being present and being a part of their life. The worst thing that you can do yes. is to take yourself away from them. Absolutely. And for me, teaching yeah. 280 students a year for five years in phys ed, where my relationship with my students was more important than anything else. And so when you go into my personal Facebook, I have 562 friends, and over 300 of them are former students. Students call as they pass through, I'm really tired, can I crash on your couch? Absolutely. They are still very important to me, and they're a big part of my life. You know, and we would always say as teachers, you know, well, my kids, my kids, you know, because they were, they were my kids. And uh, now they are, you know, one of the baddest kids we ever, ever Mm -hmm. taught is now a parent of two children and says all the time, I had no idea. (laughs) You know, when I think about how I behave with my mom and dad, well, that's life, but good on you that you get it yeah right and that had nothing to do with me but you got it and maybe I said something eventually I don't know I apologized to a student and she came in after school and she said I'm in grade 12 and you are the first teacher ever to say you were sorry because what I said was wrong to say to you and she became my number one advocate in the school. Don't you dare mess with that lady or else I'm coming to find you, right? We could go yeah. on in 5 million tangents and we could talk for eight hours and still learn from each other. Well, that's important because those relationships are like, I've talked about my children, but those relationships and I've had other situations where I've worked with, you know, at one point I had apprentices in a, in a business I worked for. So that was important to me. So all yes. these things matter. And we are important yes. people in the sense of we have something to offer and we have something to give. Absolutely. And I would, you know, I I coached volleyball and I followed a team from grade eight to grade 12. And I'm very close with them. And when they started having children of their own, I would always tell them, you know, Patricia is a really great name if you have a daughter. Well, we have Olivia and Kendra, like nobody names the kids Patty. Susie, Tracy, Linda anymore. <laughs> They're all these awesome names, right? But I'm hopeful that one day. Maybe get the um, Call Your Child Patty Facebook page going. Oh, what a concept. <laughs> Absolutely. So what do you have in the pipeline then? What are you What are you up to? What, what are the kind of passions that are sort of you want to do or things that you haven't achieved and you want to get on with doing them? I was asked to write a chapter in a mm-hmm. book. Um, the book is called Absolute Will. And it's 22 women from around the world who have all met some kind of 
struggle or a bad time in their life, but came out the other end as with purpose, meaning, and almost thankful for that experience. Mm -hmm. And so that was a real honor, a real honor. The lady who spearheaded this has decided she's going to make a series of books and they're all going to start with Absolute. And the next book is going to be called Absolute mm -hmm. Vision. So I just sent in my, what I would do, and I just got a comment back from her, you're in. So I guess I'll have a chapter in another book. Just one? Yeah. I, I don't, you could write a book. I don't want to write a whole book. I think you could. <laughs> well, I wrote my thesis, and that was the biggest thing I ever wrote. I don't want <laughs> to write a whole book. I want to I want to become a very well-known MS influencer. I want to do that. I would like to start a nonprofit maybe down the road, one foot in front of the other. Somebody told me at university, why say why describe something in five words when you can use 20,000, right? Because that was me. You know, I have a lot to say about a lot of different things, but I have a lot to say about MF. Are there any organizations that you want to promote? Anything that you're working towards? You know, obviously you've got this Facebook, but I think potentially talking to you, there's much more that needs to kind of explode out. So still kind of getting a sense of mm. that. I have a web page or a website that I'm I'm still fiddling with. I'm I love learning, but I don't do so well with steep learning yep. curves. If I fall off the wagon, it takes me a little bit longer to get back mm. on. I get overwhelmed by social media. Mm -hmm. Oh, you need LinkedIn. Oh, you need Instagram. Oh, you need, you know, and mm -hmm. I learned very young, you know, do a couple of things the best you can, as opposed to 10 things. Not very good at all. You know, I'm not spreading myself too thin. I'm just trying to get my ducks in a row in a way that I'm comfortable and I'm healthy. I'm, I continue to be healthy. Maybe one day I'll make a movie about your life, Alex. I'm not that interesting. I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I, I don't, you know, do I have dreams? Yeah. And, you know, do I have this amazing vision of my life? Oh, I would love to have a penthouse, beautiful apartment in Vancouver, Canada, overlooking the water with a chef and uh, housekeeper you know so i think we all have those <laughs> yeah i i i'm nothing really really serious at the moment but always something yeah. right my husband says all the time i can never ever tell anybody mm. you know that you're bored or you're unhappy i mean do you still like to travel i do very mm. much so we used to spend our winters in Arizona, but we haven't been down for two years because of this situation. So this is our first winter here. We had no idea where the snow shovels were. We had no idea where this was and that was. So it was kind of fun. It felt like we started a new life again. I've been to Italy three times with my father. My dad is my hero. And I always tell Paul, you know, I love you, but you'll never be the number one man in my life. That will be my dad forever. You know, I've had no interest going to Hawaii or Mexico. Uh, I don't really like hot places. Um, I'm not a great traveler by car because I want to stop for a coffee and then I have to go to the washroom. And while I'm going to the washroom, I so I'll get another coffee. 
on and on. I I do like to travel. I would really like to have the guts to fly from Vancouver to London with no fixed agenda and no place to stay and just do whatever. And uh, I know people who have done that and, you know, they find the best places to stay and they find awesome pubs. You know, I would like to do that, but I don't think I'll ever happen because I'm not that risky of a person. Never say never. You should put it on your your list. Ah, true. Put it on your list. Very true. Put it on the old uh, list. Paul and I are huge rugby fans, and we went to the Rugby World Cup in New Zealand in 2011. Fabulous. We've had a couple of students play rugby for Canada, which has been amazing. Um, On my bucket list is to attend a World Cup in South Africa. Mm. So that's there. And I would love to do it. We've taken many teams over to Scotland, Ireland, Wales, and England. Uh, Sutton Coldfield is was our always our our main yeah. hub. Yeah, I I would go anywhere for rugby. I I just love the game. Paul played till he was in his sixties, and uh, we went to Alaska the last trip. I think he realized at that moment in time that he's getting older because. <laughs> The next day, he had a hard time getting out of bed, but that's right. That's okay. What's on your bucket list? Well, I also would like to travel some, and having children has obviously been a bit of an interesting time for us. And financially, it costs a lot of money to have many children, yes. so we haven't really been around. Yes. And then the same as you, the past few years have not been kind for travel. Um, but we, when my wife and I were young, many years ago, we traveled, we've been to Toronto, we've been to, I've been to South Africa, yeah. I've been to uh, Boston, we really like, um, we came to America, yes. and we got friends who live somewhere in America. And so we kind of thought we'd like to see them. So it's all that kind of thing. I think it's a similar yeah. kind of aims really of just I like being places I like exploring I like seeing the buildings I don't want to do the tours I just like being around go to the cafes you know just just being in the culture I know that I'll always look like a tourist you know I love that whole concept of being a people watcher right sitting having a coffee and just soaking it all in you know I I love that I yeah that's what um say in Europe in say you've been to Italy and I've been to france quite a lot so it's just seeing the Mm -hmm. different cultures and enjoying the way that other people live and enjoying it the diversity of cultures and lives is just amazing absolutely i I think absolutely that's the main reason that i travel not not because i want to sort of have a big carbon footprint but mainly you know i like people yeah exactly with my job i was uh before the lockdown i was mentoring so i've got a heart for sort of young people i was doing some uh, mentoring and um, that dried up you know, I remember when I was young, I remember the challenges, you know, the difficulties yeah. of being young. A lot of young yeah. people now are let down by culture and society. So you want to say to them, you are worth something. I loved being a teenager and I loved my high school years, but I wouldn't want to do it again in the year 2022 because I didn't grow up during this time. So the way things were when I was there, you know, just don't exist yeah, anymore. Everybody's parent was my mm. parent. You know, we all asked for five minutes more when, you know, my mom stood on the porch and yelled, time to come in, right? It's yeah. different. I cherish that time I had, and that's an important part of my, uh, who I am. 
And so I wouldn't give that up for anything. That's the saddest thing, I think, for me, is seeing young people wanting not to be themselves. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. The fame and the fortune and, and just seeing that as the end, end the means to the end. I, I know it sounds contrived, but when, you're, when you do get a bit older, again, you think, I feel like this. If I had a million pounds, I'd feel like this with a million pounds. So it wouldn't be any different. I just have a million pounds and feel the same. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I had to get my head around yeah. that, right? Is my, is my life worth any less because of how it's unfolded? You know, I, I just wasn't willing to go there. Would I, would I like things to be work out differently? Absolutely. Everybody on this planet probably mm. thinks that, but uh, you know, the future and the day is still today and tomorrow. Yeah new day and new possibilities and you know one day you may get a knock on your door and it'll be me is there anything you want to say to anyone two things um i said one of them already there is always a tomorrow and tomorrow is a new day with new possibilities and the second thing is you are not alone you are not alone amazing Thank you, Patty. You're, it's been amazing to speak to you. You're so encouraging and, and it's lovely and you, you've cheered me up no end and, and it's just nice to talk to someone who's so encouraging. And uh, I just wish you so much success in the next few months and, and uh, I will reconnect with you. Thank you. And um, I'll just be excited to see what's going on in your life. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you enjoyed, please take a moment to like and subscribe. I'd love to hear from listeners. If you have any comments or would like to join the conversation, please contact me via my website, alex-green.co.uk. So join me next time for even more Convo Waffle. Until then, TTFN!